I want to talk to you about the foundations of rebuilding. That's not me freezing, that's me pretending I'm freezing so you don't even know what's going on. No, I'm just being silly. Folks, thank you so much for your patience with us. You know, I want to say to you, at some point we all have to rebuild. Here in Nehemiah, as Nick has pointed out, uh, it's 444 years before the birth of Christ. And as we enter the book of Nehemiah, we are in a really low point in Israel's history. They're in exile, some are allowed back. It's a little bit of a mishmash of all what's going on. Some people are allowed to do things, but other people are restricted. It sounds a little bit like our time today. They're in the month of Kislev, which was November, December time. And uh, as Nick pointed out in that little film, we're going to talk about Nissan, which is March next week and the week afterwards. But everything has been broken down. Kislev actually was a season of where it was great darkness, but in the midst of the darkness, they were saying to themselves, even though it's dark, let's dream. It's a little bit like our Advent time. Even though it's a dark, uh, darkest time of the winter, let's know that the light is coming. And in a sense, I want to say that to you for the next few weeks. Hey, We've got a rebuilding job to do in our society, actually, uh, perhaps in our church in some ways, but the light's coming. It's going to be a tremendous next season. You know, rebuilding is, is part of life. I don't know about you, but recycling and resetting is something, it's kind of a normal thing that we do. Our lives may not be particularly broken down at the moment, uh, maybe some are, some aren't, but from time to time we all need a refresh, a little bit like our internet at the moment. We all need to, to kind of say, hey, I, I need to rejig things. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes I look around at my house and I think, wow, when did this get so that it needs a redecoration? It, it kind of creeps up on you, doesn't it? And we all need to do that. But the hardest thing about rebuilding and refreshing and resetting is accepting that we need to do it. That's the hardest thing. You know, you've all heard this uh, urban myth, actually, the frog in the kettle. You put a frog in uh, boiling water and it, and it just either dies or jumps out because it knows that the, ch- the shock and the change is too much. But the urban myth says that if you put a frog in tepid water and then gradually uh, heat it up, that the frog doesn't notice until it's too late. That's a great illustration if it was true. It's actually not true. Now, before you uh, think, well, how does he know that? I want you to know that I've not had frogs in kettles or in saucepans this week. I've not been boiling frogs alive. So if we can just make that clear. But scientifically, a frog knows the difference to within two degrees of water. And so the illustration does not work. None of us... Don't rebuild because it creeps up on us. We don't rebuild because we refuse to accept the need of rebuilding. 
We, we say to ourselves, you know what, I don't need to refresh. I'm okay as I am. It's not that it creeps up on us and then it's unnoticed and then we, we just kind of don't notice the changing situation like the frog in the kettle kind of illustration. It's actually the reason why we don't rebuild is because we decide we don't want to. Nehemiah, we can learn some wonderful things about him in this first chapter and in what Jordan and Natasha read earlier. First of all, he cared enough to ask about how Israel were doing. I wonder if you care enough to ask how some people are doing. The second thing about Nehemiah was he cared enough to weep. He didn't just ask and think, oh yeah, he, he was moved by the situation. And when we look over our nation right now, we need to be caring enough to weep. Not just to comment, not just to, to kind of have an opinion, not just to kind of see what politicians are saying. I am weeping about our nation right now. And Nehemiah was moved, he cared enough to weep. Also, what you see, he cared enough to pray. He didn't just have an opinion about what was going on. His first response was to bathe the situation in prayer. He fasted, he wept, he mourned. And we need to bathe this next season in prayer with, with real earnest prayer. God, have mercy on us. God, bathe our church in prayer. God, bathe our city in prayer. God, bathe my family in prayer. Church, it's time for us to care enough to ask care enough to weep, care enough to pray. But you know what? Nehemiah did something else as well. In this chapter, you can see that he cared enough to volunteer. Eventually, it's going to come to all of us. And, and BCC, I'm talking to you, but if you're logging on for a different church, I want to say to you, eventually, we will all have to care enough to volunteer to be able to rebuild not only the gathering of the church, but also your workplace and your family that you are going to have to put some effort in. Ask, weep, pray, volunteer. Those are the four things that you need to challenge yourself about in this season. Hey, I want to comfort you today. I want to encourage you. I know that it's really difficult but can I lay a foundation today of, of okay, if we're going to get through this season and come out of it the other side, it's going to take some asking, it's going to take some weeping, it's going to take some praying, it's going to take some volunteering. That's how Nehemiah first began to change the city, the situation. You see, it's really important, and you read this in the devotion, that uh, when Nehemiah asked about the situation, his brother, Hanny, could have said, oh, it's fine, and not tell the truth. But having Hanny told the truth, Nehemiah could have ignored the truth and just said, oh, well, uh, what's that got to do with me? You see, if your opinion causes you to do nothing, you've got the wrong opinion. What I want to say to you is this. We have a rebuilding job in the UK. We've got a job where we need to rebuild people's lives, some people's mental health, some people's emotional state. In their distress, 
they cried out to God. They rolled up their sleeves and said, let's rebuild. Now, uh, just like you and me, when you see a rebuilding job, I, you, know, you know me, I watch Homes Under the Hammer, or I've been watching, uh, please don't judge me for my TV watching, but I've been watching uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, where, where something's absolutely in a state, and the, going into it, it just looks so much work. But actually, coming out of it, it's glorious. And that's what I just want to say to you as a church, that we are going to have to roll our sleeves up and rebuild maybe some of our personal lives, some, maybe some of our devotional lives, our church. But the greatest thing is the other side of the season, God has got wonderful things for us. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah saw the rubble, he saw the walls broken down, but the other side of it was glorious. The other side of it was fantastic. The other side of it, they were stronger and better for generations to come. Actually, the other side of it was a brilliant temple, was a vibrant city, was a commercial center for the whole of the region. The other side of it was a kingdom reestablished. So, folks, even though this hour in our nation is dark, even though at the moment it seems like we can't do much, let's begin to get the mentality of saying, okay, yeah, let's rebuild. Let's begin to reconnect. Let's begin to build into people. Let's begin to rebuild our church. You see, the temptation is to deny the need of rebuilding. You look around your house right now and say, oh, this doesn't need decorating. It's fine. But if you look around in two years, you might think, oh, maybe it does. You see, the biggest temptation that we've got right now is to dismiss and say, oh, it's okay, it'll, it'll just uh, kind of flow away, it'll, it'll be all right. Once everybody gets vaccinated, we'll be fine. But actually, no, we're going to have to work a little bit to rebuild our church, our fellowship. You're going to have to rebuild to reorder your work life. You're going to have to rebuild to reorder some of your emotional state. You see... The temptation to deny the, re the work of rebuilding is strong. You see, Nehemiah could have said, why don't we stay as we are? Because it's all working. I mean, it's kind of convenient when the internet's working. You know, most of the exiles, are, uh, they're being looked after. Uh, let's not rock the boat. And we can say, let's just keep going and let's just keep making things convenient. Some of you are actually enjoying logging on and, and uh, watching church in your pajamas, and that's fine. That, that's, that's the season we're in. That, that's completely fine. But we cannot just make and let things be convenient. Can I remind you about what the New Testament church was like? I want you to close your eyes just for a moment while I'm speaking and just hear what this... New Testament picture is of the church. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. See, that's why we want you to log on. 
That's why we want you to be engaged and be involved in a small group. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, and everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and miracles that the apostles were doing. We need to have a church full of awe and wonder and things changing and happening. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. They ate together. They were with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of God and all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily of who they would be saved. That is what the church is is like. And that's a picture of a connected, fellowshipping church. Humans need contact. So, this is what I'm calling you to do. In your mind, move from convenience to connection. Now, for love's sake, for love's sake, we are forgoing the fullness of connection right now. For love's sake, But here's what I discern. If you can't log on and connect conveniently, do you think that you're going to come back to the fullness of connection on campus? And what I want to say to you is, make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you're encouraging somebody and saying, did you log on on Sunday? Oh, no, I didn't. I was busy doing this. Tell them, no, you've got to start connecting, logging on. You've got to move from convenience to connection. Because if you can't do it with the convenience of home, you're not going to do it when we come back together. So I'm calling you, to be that connected, fellowshipping church. Now, some people will say, well, we are giving up meeting together. We're not giving up meeting together. We are forgoing the fullness of our connection for love's sake, for the love of our community. Don't say, oh, it's okay, so we won't connect. Second excuse for not rebuilding, as Nehemiah could have said to himself, well, I'm the cupbearer to the king where I am right now. Uh, It's all fine. Uh, I'm in my comfort zone. Uh, I'll do my bit when I can do it. But if he'd said that, he would have missed out all what, how God was going to use him in the future, of how God was going to use him with this great plan of making the city brilliant again, and how he was going to use him of bringing the society. He would have missed out on all what God had planned for him. So right now, you might want to say, you know what, I'm okay as I am, but God, have you got something I need to step into so that I can become more for you? What if Mary would have said, You know, when Gabriel shows up and said, hey, highly favored, and she said, no thanks, use somebody else. Why would that be? But actually, God had a more of a plan. Sure, you're fine right now, but God's got more for you to do. You know, Jesus himself, living in eternity in heaven, decided to get out of the comfort zone of heaven and to come to earth. And we know that Jackie Smith last week preached from this verse, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. What I'm saying to you is this. Don't use the excuse, I'm okay as I am, because you might miss out 
on the brilliant plan that God has got for you in the future. Last excuse, the excuse that we uh, use for not rebuilding is that Nehemiah could have said, you know what, the king will never go for this, so I'm not even going to bother to ask. And one of the things that we do is we often blame external forces or other people why we don't step into what God is going to do. They'll never go for it. You know, at the moment, you might not like what the government's doing, but you can still serve God. Stop blaming everybody else why you're not progressing in Christ. You could say, those people around me, they are holding me back, but have you made a plan to go forward? You see, what I'm saying to you today is, we need to rebuild. And we can excuse this by saying, oh, it's not so bad. But actually, we're not living in the fullness of what God wants us to have. And so what we need to do is plan to move to that fullness and not stay in convenience. God wants us to rebuild because he's got future plans for you that are far outweigh from where you are now. I think God's got things for me. I think God's got things for you. But also... Don't blame other people and say, well, because they're doing that, I can't serve Christ. Of course you can. In fact, James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without fault. And when you ask, believe and don't doubt because uh, double-minded people get blown away by the sea when they don't ask God. You see, what I'm saying to you today is you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, there are times our motives are mixed. Bottom line is, all of our lives have been interrupted. Sometimes you might think, well, this is better this way, and some of you may be really struggling. But all of us will have the need to rebuild. And so I'm calling you today to be a rebuild people. What have you let go? What have you released out of your life that you need to rebuild back? I'm saying to you, BCC, let's rebuild our personal lives. Come out of survival mode. Come out of, wow, this is terrible, it's dark, we're locked down. Come out of that mode of saying we need to just survive and begin to start thinking about the dreams and plans that God might have on you. Change your mentality and begin to say, okay, God, what have you got for me? It's more than survival. Rebuild your compassion. One of the things that I have noticed about this lockdown is we're all in our homes. Our world is very small. And I wonder if there are people that need us beyond the focus upon ourselves. Of course you need to stay safe. Of course you need to focus on your health. Of course you need to protect yourself. And I want you to do that. But I'm just wondering if all this thought about ourselves means that we've forgotten our mission field and our compassion needs to be rebuilt. There are people that need your life and need your witness. In fact, BCC, can I ask you, text three people, even now, even while I'm preaching, I don't mind, 
text three people and say, hey, how are you doing? What's happening with you? Can I pray for you? Why don't you rebuild your mission field and your compassion? Text somebody at your work right now and say, while I was in church, I prayed for you today. Even if they're not a Christian, even if they're a Muslim, even if they're a Hindu, tell them that you're praying for them. Come on, rebuild your ministry, rebuild your compassion. And I want to say to you, we need to rebuild our church. We're going to have to be ready to be connected and be part of things. Now, text somebody who you know in church has logged off and get them to log back on. Despite our problems today, you, we'll put this message up so that you can watch it without any freezing. But make sure that you are the person who's helping us to rebuild the church. Let's lay these foundations now in our hearts. I'm going to ask the worship team just to come back, if you will. Because God is still looking for people who care. People who care enough to ask people who care enough to ask what the facts are, people who care enough to weep over our losses. And I'm so sorry about your losses. But let's pray for God's help. And then eventually, I'm going to be calling you to volunteer. Would you log it down right now that on this day, what is it, January the 10th today, is that the date? Uh, would you log down in your phone on January the 10th, Pastor Mark said, at some point, I'm going to have to volunteer. Asking, how are you doing? Weeping. Mourning with people and not saying... Well, we know all the facts, but we don't care. Rebuilding your compassion. Praying. Our phase right now in lockdown is bathe this situation in prayer. But on January the 10th, eventually, log it down. You need to volunteer. I wonder if at home you could uh, thank you so much for staying with us and, and being patient with us through our internet problems but just right now I just wonder if you could just hold your hand out with me and say I'm not going to deny that there are some things that need rebuilding and I'm going to give myself to the work of that spiritually emotionally and parts of my time Heavenly Father Take this message and lay a foundation in some people's hearts, I pray.